Welcome to another exciting episode of the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast. I'm your host, Chad Thompson, and today we're going to be taking a look at the Reynolds Homestead up in Patrick County, Virginia. We have two guests on today's episode, Miss Beth Ford and Miss Julie Steele, both of which have a lot of knowledge to give us out today. Beth and I, we talk a little bit about the history of the homestead and kind of how that ties in with Southwest Virginia and its heritage. And then Julie and I talk about some of the modern day events and things that you can expect when visiting the homestead. A lot of great things to talk about today. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this trip to the Reynolds Homestead in Patrick County, Virginia. So we have a great uh, interview today here on the podcast. I'd like to welcome both Beth Ford as well as Julie Steele. They're from representing the Reynolds Homestead up around the Virginia Tech region, and they're going to tell us a little bit about what it is that they do and they offer to Southwest Virginia, as well as giving us some insights into the Reynolds Homestead. And first up today, I've got Beth Ford. Beth, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you here. And if you wouldn't mind just kind of introducing yourself to everybody. Well, thank you, Chad, and thank you for having us on. My name is Beth Almond Ford, and I live in Meadows of Dan. And actually, the Reynolds Homestead, even though we are part of Virginia Tech, we're located in Patrick County, which is, um, oh gosh, pretty much the most eastern part of southwestern Virginia. <laughs> we do have the Blue Ridge Parkway running through. But um, as for myself, I'm the history person at the Reynolds Homestead, and I'm the one who uh, most likely will give you a tour or have helped to train the docents who would take you around for a tour of our historic home and the kitchen and the grounds. We have two cemeteries located on the property as well as a one-mile leaf trail, as we call it. It's an environmental learning trail around the seven acres that comprise uh, our part of the Reynolds Homestead. And I, I'm originally from West Virginia, but uh, have been a Virginian for almost 20 years now. Well, thank you so much, Beth, for that warm introduction there. And I can tell that you and I are probably going to talk a little bit outside of this podcast as well, because history is an area that I enjoy hearing a lot about and learning about. So I'm sure that speaking with you, even outside of the podcast, there's a lot that I'm going to be able to learn. Excellent. I love meeting another history person. (laughs) Perfect. We'll get along just fine then. And also on the call today, I have Julie Steele. And Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us today. And if you wouldn't mind, just to go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Sure. Thank you, Chad. So I'm Julie Walter Steele. I'm the director of the Reynolds Homestead. It has been my absolute pleasure to work at the Reynolds Homestead for the past eight years. And um, the thing that I love about the Reynolds Homestead is just the diversity of programs and activities that we offer. Um, We have something for everyone. We work with the pre-K through gray, as we like to say. We have programs um, for our preschool students all the way up to a college for older adults and lots of concerts and um, lectures and history programs and educational programs, um, art programs. So it's just a, a wonderful place to work, and we're very engaged in the community and community development and economic development. And so I'm just honored to to be involved with Reynolds Homestead. Thank you so much for that, Julie. I really appreciate that. And as someone who has never been to the Reynolds Homestead before, 
I'd kind of like to hear a little bit about how the origins of that started, kind of the back history of the Reynolds homestead and kind of how we got to where we are with it today. And Beth, if you'd like to go ahead and start just telling us a little bit about the history of the Reynolds homestead. Well, um, let's approach it two ways. First off, um, we have Abram and Polly Reynolds way back in the early 1800s who started purchasing land here in Patrick County. And by... um, 1825, they had, they bought the land where the house now sits. They had two sons, and um, one son lived um, to adulthood, and he's the one who actually built the house starting in 1843. It took about 15 years to, to make all the bricks to build the house. And he had 16 children, eight of whom lived to adulthood, And uh, the most famous, uh, well, I I shouldn't say the most famous, but R.J. Reynolds, of course, is a a household name. But also his brother, A.D. Reynolds, who hails from down your way, he he moved and established himself in Bristol way back when. And he, it was his his son who started Reynolds Medals, which was Reynolds Rap. So, you know, we have those two uh, distinguished families. But how we actually came to be was R.J.'s youngest daughter, Nancy Susan Reynolds, was approached by a local school teacher, uh, Nanny Ruth Terry. And Ms. Terry said, what are you going to do with your family's old homestead? It's fallen apart. So Nancy came down from her beautiful farm up in Connecticut um, and took a look around. And of course, she remembered stories. This was her grandparents' home, um, and she had grown up hearing stories all about Rock Spring Plantation, which was the actual name of the place. And so she got the fellow who had done Old Salem, Frank Horton, and he... He said, oh, yeah, we can save this. Let's do it. And that's how it all started. And this was in the late uh, 1960s. And she, then she, she got thinking, well, I'd like to do something that will focus on research and development as well as the history of my family. So she involved Virginia Tech and the Forestry Department um, so we have, at this point, we have close to 800 acres with research going on. But the, the actual opening of the Reynolds Homestead was in June of 1970. So we're right at our 50th anniversary as part of Virginia Tech. Well, Beth, thank you so much for that little step back in time there and giving us some insight to the origins of the Reynolds Homestead. I think people really appreciate being able to hear these stories and see how everything gets started and how we kind of evolve into the things that we do and we know today. So thank you so much for that. And Julie, I noticed that it's the 50th year anniversary of the Reynolds Homestead. I also noticed that the celebration is going to be moved to next year. But I was curious if you might could fill us in on some things that we can expect if we were to come to that celebration, some of the events and activities that y'all do have planned and kind of how that looks now that things have had to kind of change around due to the COVID virus going around. Sure. Yeah, we're really excited um, because we have been around for 50 years working in the community and really for the whole region that, that we serve. 
Um, so to celebrate the 50 years of service, we're planning a weekend of events. And so it will be June 18th through the 21st and we in 2021 um, and on the Friday evening of that weekend, we're going to have a farm to table dinner where we'll be celebrating all things local and have a, a great local jazz group that will be providing music. On that Saturday, we will be having our annual Bushels and Barrels Local Food, Wine, and Beer Festival, which is an event that we've held now for six years. Unfortunately, we didn't get to host this year, but, but all of the bands that we had lined up for this year have agreed to, to be on tap for next year. And so that will be a, a day of, of fun music, of celebrating, um, again, all things local. And then on Sunday afternoon, we are planning to have the formal celebration event. And we will have um, a variety of folks there um, sharing stories about the Reynolds Homestead, um, family members, Reynolds family members, some of the folks from Virginia Tech that were involved early on. Um, hopefully some of our descendants who were um, descendants of the enslaved community will be able to enjoy, join us as well. Um, Beth is coordinating a living history program where people who tour the uh, historic buildings um, as they go in. There will be different characters of people who actually lived on the plantation who will be telling stories as people walk through the historic buildings. And we'll have um, some hay rides through the, you know, there's actually nearly 800 acres at the Reynolds Homestead, and a good portion of that is forestry research. It's dedicated to forestry research. For, at Virginia Tech, and so there'll be hay rides, and the forest research superintendent, Kyle Peer, will be um, talking to people about the many different um, research projects they're doing on the property, and some of those are just really um, very interesting where, for example, they have some plantings that they have a set of trees that are particularly planted in a particular way and depth and spacing. And then in three other places across the globe, they have planted those same trees and different and in the same conditions to see how the rate of growth and different things are in those different areas of the world. And so some really interesting projects going on there as well. And we're just looking, and we also have um, a series of 19 large oil paintings that were given to us by the R.J. Reynolds um, when they closed their business in downtown Winston-Salem. And we will have those beautiful oil paintings on display. And those are all paintings depicting tobacco production and um, growth and production. So it's going to be a really exciting time. Um, and we're hoping folks will come out and just help us um, celebrate um, the Reynolds Homestead. Well, that definitely sounds like a fun event and celebration that I want to be a part of, so I'll be sure to mark that on my calendar for next year. And I noticed you said something about a living history exhibit that we could expect to see at the Reynolds Homestead. Uh, Beth, is that something you could elaborate on and tell us a little bit more about? Because it sounds like a really exciting thing that I think a lot of people would like to engage in. I surely can. Um in, in the past, we've given tours of the house, um, you know, taking people from room to room and giving the history and, and hopefully telling lots of stories and, and making it interesting. Um, but we decided we wanted to do something different. And this really came about because 
we had such success this past Christmas. We always do a Victorian Christmas in open house. And um, two people, John and Carla Whitfield, they ended up um, being characters out in the outdoor kitchen, and they played the part of two of the enslaved folks who would have been on on Rock Spring Plantation, and it was so popular, and they did such a fine job that we decided, wait a minute, let's do some of the other family members, um, for example, like Senna Hogue, who was A.D.'s wife, and she had been born up in uh, Giles County, and they had their life together in Bristol, but they used to come back to Rock Spring Plantation. So, you know, she could talk about what it was like to actually be an in-law. And another in-law was Andrew Lybrook, who married uh, Mary, one of the children. And Andrew was a lawyer and a judge here in Patrick County and actually had a case that went all the way to the Supreme Court, which is a whole other story that we like to tell at, at the homestead. Um, so have have uh, Judge Lybrook walking around, um, and then maybe even someone like Kitty uh, Kitty Reynolds was a nanny, uh, one of the enslaved folks who was born in 1839, and she ended up saving Hardin Reynolds, who was the master, if you will, of the of the plantation and she saved his life when a bull started chasing him and that's that would be fun to have kitty but also even to involve kitty's husband um who they they were married very young and and ended up having 17 children together and quite a few of their descendants are now part of of our family if you will at at the Reynolds Homestead, their descendant Kimball Reynolds is on our board of directors and helps helps quite a bit with different projects around. But anyway, that's just a taste of of some of the characters we'll have around. That sounds excellent. I, I've actually got to take part in a few living history exhibits across the entire state. I know Colonial Williamsburg has a lot of those neat little things where it's almost like you step back in time and you get to experience what things were like. And we have a lot of reenactments around the Abingdon region from back around like civil war times and things. So it's really cool to kind of see how life was back then and get to experience certain aspects of things. And I was looking on the website here and uh, Julie, maybe you could elaborate on some of this, but I noticed there's a section on the website called the community enrichment center. And it looks like there's a great deal of activities and offerings for people around uh, education and art and college courses and clubs and things. And I know probably the current situation that we're in is probably prohibited some of those things or changed your scheduling around, but what, what's some things people could expect in like a normal state of time of things to do as far as events at the homestead? Well, Chad, you're opening up a huge can because we, we do so much and we really love it. And first thing I will say before I even get started is we have an amazing group of volunteers because we have a small staff. We only have six staff members, but we have about 30 or 40 very active volunteers that do everything from serving as docents, leading tours at the home, 
and um, historic property to those that help us in the kitchen preparing meals for receptions. And so I just want to give a shout out to the volunteers that help us make all the things happen at the Reynolds Homestead. Um, but we do, we, um, we do an, a, a vast array of programming um, and, and we're always working within our community and trying to fit needs and people will bring ideas to us about programs, but um, we, we have a lot of art programs. We have three juried competitions every year. We have the Jeb Stewart Art Show, which has been, I think, this coming year will be its 43rd year. And folks can, we will start taking um, entries in for that at the end of August. And if folks look on our website, and, and we also will post that on our Facebook page. And then we also have a photography show in November and um, that's juried and then we have a student art show that happens in March unfortunately it had just opened this year um, prior to everything having to be closed Um, but we do have a virtual tour of that art show on our website and on our Facebook page if people just want to have an opportunity to look at the wonderful art that our students from not only Patrick County, but Henry County, Carroll County, Floyd County, and Stokes and Surrey County, North Carolina, um, submitted into that show. We also do a tremendous amount of art workshops and classes. We also have a center downtown that we call our Creative Arts Center that's in a space in downtown Stewart that we share with the Chamber of Commerce. And so we do art classes that range from weaving to pottery to jewelry making to painting, drawing. Um, I know I'm leaving others out, rug hooking. Um, So just pretty much uh, about any kind of art form. Um, We have a lot of different art classes and and great community art teachers. And then we bring art teachers in from other areas as well. And then we do our college for older adults. We do a fall and a spring semester. Our, our, um, fall semester this year we we are going to be working on and some of that will probably be done online but some of it will be done on property too um, but we just want to make sure that we keep everyone safe Um, we've been doing some programs online in the meanwhile too Beth led a memoir writing workshop she teaches memoir writing during our college for older adults Um, one of our local artists that teaches art classes has done a couple of painting workshops online um virtually for us free and we're actually doing some virtual summer camps this summer as well we're doing an an art camp and a leadership camp and a rope a stem camp um, that's going to be on space exploration i think i'm sorry (laughs) i might be wrong on that Um, but we also do we help facilitate and coordinate the leadership patrick county program every year and we do that in partnership with the Chamber of Commerce, where we work with folks who are wanting to become more civically engaged in the county. Um, we also try to bring our resources from Virginia Tech into Patrick County to do programs. So we've had faculty members who will come and do programs for us. And then we also work very closely in the schools. We have a 14-passenger bus that is on the road a lot. We take students on college trips all over Virginia and some into North Carolina and, and actually to Tennessee. So wherever our students from Patrick and Henry County primarily are the two counties, um, the schools that we serve in Patrick and Henry. 
and we also um, use that bus to take folks on trips to other cultural events in Richmond or Winston or Blacksburg. Um, so we we stay busy, and I know I'm leaving tons and tons of things out, <laughs> um, but we do some dinner and a movie events and other special programming. Um, and we just, again, we, we, we try to, to provide some cultural and art programs and education programs and economic development programs. And that's really when Nancy Susan Reynolds um, gave the site to Virginia Tech. She put that in her mission, and it just marries perfectly with the land-grant mission of Virginia Tech. And so we just truly live up to that motto of that I may serve, and we're all about serving our community and finding ways to to build our community, to teach people, and to bring joy to people. That definitely sounds like some very nice initiatives that y'all have set out, and it sounds like you're very well-tied and close-knit with the community. And, you know, I, I commend you on offering all these great things for people to do. And it sounds like it's not only a great learning experience, but it sounds like you have a lot of fun with it by offering all these different programs from art and to learning and history. And, you know, that's that's really great. And I, I actually would like to plan a trip up to the homestead. I'll be coming to Patrick County sometime around the second or third week of July. So that might be a stop I have to make. Uh, what what are the plans for reopening the homestead? Is it a place that people can come visit now? Or is that something you're wanting people to kind of wait a little bit longer to do in regards to the pandemic that's going on right now? Well, the university has um, has given us a date of August um, 3rd as a soft opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... But um, people are always welcome to come and walk around the property. We do have signs that explain some of the history. It is a public property. People like to come and walk their dogs. And so um, they're certainly welcome to come and use the leaf trail. You know, we just ask people to, you know, be considerate of one another and do social distancing and everything that you would would do to keep each other safe um, and so, but we do hope to be opening um, a more hard opening um, mid to late August. That sounds great. Maybe I can at least go and enjoy the grounds and read some of the history markers along there and get some good photographs and things. And I know that uh, absolutely, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, from the pictures I've seen, it looks like it's definitely a stop that I'm going to have to make while I'm in the area up there. Um, and I guess I, I want to. Um, suggest that that folks who are on Facebook go up on our Facebook page uh, because we have really been working hard during this time of quarantine to have something that's up there every day that's interactive. Like on Wednesdays, uh, every Wednesday, I do a tidbit of history, which you'd probably enjoy, you know, to to go up and just just have a, a short short little history with pictures. We do outdoor pictures on Thursday. We have uh, photographs from the past 50 years that we put up on Friday, and then there's suggestions for things. But anyway, it uh, we have really used that during the quarantine to keep people in touch. Some great insight there of staying connected with you guys even during this time. For everybody out there, you know, be sure to visit their website at reynoldshomestead.vt.edu. 
I will be providing links across all of our blog posts and things like that so you could stay up to date and figure out where to find all these things. And, you know, definitely take advantage of what's going on on social media right now with these virtual visits and whatnot because that's that's some great resources right there. And I know we might be a little bit stressed for time today, so is there any closing thoughts you ladies would like to share with us and, and the audience listening out there today? Well, I think one thing that, you know, I, I would be remiss if we we didn't mention that we realized that the Reynolds Homestead is a, a site where there was a lot of pain and suffering during times of enslavement. And one of the things that we have been doing, um, we've worked, um, Beth mentioned John Whitfield earlier, he and his wife Carla helping us with some living history programs, but we had commissioned John a few years ago to help us do some research on the enslaved community. And that's something that we're really trying to learn as much as we can about the people who were enslaved on the plantation so that we can share those histories. And we know that there are a lot of folks who are descendants who are doing their genealogical research and are trying to find information on their families and their ancestors. And so I think that's just something that's important and that we want to continue to to work hard on and try to see that, that we're sharing the stories of the folks who were enslaved on the plantation, who really were the backbone of the plantation, and that and the, that R.J. Reynolds and A.D. Reynolds and those great American industries could not have, have become what they became without the folks who were working there on the plantation. Very, very good point, Julie. And I, I would just like to point out that the, the Reynolds Homestead, which is located in Kreitz, C-R-I-T-Z, Kreitz, Virginia, um, but when you come through those um, gates and down Homestead Lane, you enter what seems like a magical place. There is really a spirit that you can feel there. And I'm, I've been there 18 years, and I'm not the only one that says it. In fact, you can ask um, one of the journalists down your way, Joe Tennis. Joe has written a book called Haunts of the Blue Ridge Highlands, and he gave us a whole chapter. So... But, but just the ancient feel of the land from the Native American Indians to the pioneers to the enslaved people to the current generation, the place has a spirit, and, and it's very welcoming. So we welcome you, Chad, anytime. Well, I thank you greatly for that welcome, and I definitely can't wait to get to the point where I get to meet both of you in real life as well as get to visit the Reynolds homestead. I'm very excited to come up there both here in a few weeks as well as when the heart opening happens and definitely for the 50-year celebration next year. And I welcome everyone listening to definitely check out the Facebook page, which I'll provide links to as well as the website to find out more information. Uh, and just want to give out one last thank you to both uh, Beth and Julie for coming on the podcast today. You shared some very valuable information, definitely educated everybody. And I hope everybody else is excited to be able to learn more and visit the Reynolds Homestead as I am. And, you know, just thank you guys so much again for coming on. I really appreciated our conversation today. Thank you. Thank you, Chad. We just we really appreciate the opportunity to share the story about the Reynolds Homestead and, and do hope that you'll be able to come visit and some of your listeners will as well. 
Excellent. And thank you guys so much once again. I hope you have an amazing day, and I look forward to meeting up with you soon. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Well, that concludes today's episode of the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast. I hope you all are as excited to get involved with the Reynolds Homestead as I am. One last time, I will be providing links on all of our podcast resource sites, such as Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, all out there. You can also find out more information on our website at visitswva.org. Just go over to the Stories section, and under that tab, you'll see the Stories from Southwest Virginia podcast. That's where we include all of our episode information, our blog posts related around that, and links to all the sites and sources. I hope you all have subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out on any episodes. That concludes today's episode, and I'll be seeing you next Friday at 8 a.m. as we embark on another exciting adventure from Stories from Southwest Virginia.